Thanks for pressing play. This is Christopher Lockhead. And today we have a very special episode. From time to time, we're going to bring on a guest so that we can go deep on a particular topic with an expert in a particular field. And to celebrate International Podcast Day, we've invited on Tom Schwab, the founder of Interview Valet, uh, to pop the hood on a conversation around why guesting on podcasts should be a strategic component of your marketing. And I've known Tom for several years. Um, This is what his firm does. And you should also know that Interview Valet and Tom have represented me. That is to say, they have booked me on many podcasts. I think they do a great job. And I thought it would be fun to invite them on to talk about this. Now, our friends at Splunk are the category kings and queens of big data. And Splunk helps you bring data to every question, every decision, and every action. Check out splunk.com today. That's splunk.com. And uh, my friends at Oracle NetSuite want to help you turbocharge the growth of your business. You can have a free one-hour growth review with an expert in your industry as a listener to this podcast when you go to netsuite.com slash different. That's netsuite.com slash different. Now, hey-ho, let's go. This is Lockheed on Marketing, the podcast that helps you develop the lens for what makes legendary marketing legendary. Hosted by Christopher Lockhead, three-time CMO, godfather of category design, and a high school dropout, who the Marketing Journal calls one of the best minds in marketing, and the Economist calls off-putting to some. Well, to me, podcasting is storytelling, right? It's it's ageless. And I think one of the biggest problems we have today, and I, I actually uh, heard this on uh, your podcast, Mike Maples was talking about this world of abundance, right? We've got abundant calories, abundant choices, abundant customers. But the problem is too, is like, Breaking through the noise, I think, has gotten to be a joke, right? Most of the time, the the people that are telling us to break through the noise are selling us the microphones, and uh, it was just adding to the noise. So I, I love podcasts because it's a way to really connect with people, right? You're not you're not yelling at them; you're talking with them. They're choosing to be uh, to listen to you, to be in the ears, and uh, you know, I, to me, it's it's amazing that think about it. Our grandfathers would have understand podcasting, even if they didn't understand the technology behind it. It's like, yeah, good conversation. And if I was coming to you, uh, like I did when we first met and sort of saying, Hey, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm new to being a guest on podcast, uh, podcasts. Um, you know, why should I, as an executive, as an entrepreneur, uh, as an author, as uh, you know, whatever I am in the, in the world, um, why should I want to be a guest on podcasts? Yeah, and really, you know, exposure brings opportunity. And some people say, well, should I start my own podcast? And you can do that. But man, starting your own podcast, you know, anybody that says it's easy has either never done it well or never done it, uh, uh, never done it. Um, You know, it's only the great ones that make it look easy. And so to me, being a guest on other people's 
established podcasts is a much easier way to do it, to tap into their audience. You know, for most of us, you know, writing a blog can be tough, but getting on a conversation and then having somebody ask us questions and for us to speak about our industry, about our expertise, that's fun. And the thing is, is that you can do that. It's scalable. Uh, You can do it from anywhere and then you can repurpose that content also. Yeah, I I mean, I don't understand why more executives don't have podcast uh, guesting as a key part of their overall marketing strategy. To me, it's part of a content strategy, right? And my background is inbound marketing. And a dozen years ago, when you said content, people always said blogs. And one of the hacks that we used to use was guest blogging, right? So instead of me putting a blog up, putting it on my site, getting it seen by three people, um, you know, put it on a site that the customers are already going to. It could be a, a, a trade journal. It could be Washington Post, Huffington Post, whatever it is, and to tap into that audience. And so to me, with podcast guesting, that's really what we're doing. You're, you're tapping into an audience, getting that know, like, and trust, getting introduced by someone that they already know. And, and you know, it's, it's, a, it's a digital stage. It's almost like a physical stage, right? You can, you can fly somewhere, get on a physical stage, get introduced by the event organizer. And you, know, you might be talking to 100, 500 people, but yet from a podcast, you can talk to thousands and tens of thousands over time, uh, it's evergreen. And the other thing too, is if you do a, a live speech, it's really hard to repurpose that content. But boy, if you do a podcast interview, you can do the transcript and make blogs, you can make memes. It's, it's such a powerful medium. Yeah, I think it's, you know, even though it's incredibly popular, I mean, we have, uh, you probably know the numbers better than I do. What about 750,000 overall? Um, and do we know how many business podcasts there are? I've heard different numbers. I've never seen an accurate number on that. Um, Todd Cochran from Blueberry just put out those numbers. Um, 750,000 podcasts total, but the ones that have actually published in the last 30 days, it's more like 200,000. And while that sounds like a lot, you look at how many blogs are out there. You know, there's there's tens of millions of blogs. Uh, so as a, as a proportion, um, you know, nobody says, oh, blogs are too saturated. You shouldn't have one. Uh, and I think, you know, this is still the golden age of podcasting. The other interesting thing, if I sort of put my CMO hat on for a sec, uh, you know, I've been on every sort of form of media you can imagine and a bunch on TV, you know, CNBC and CNN and Fox business and all these sorts of things. And, you know, when you're interviewed on CNBC, by way of example, it's a great thing for your business, right? And a great thing for your career and the exposure is wonderful and all that. But that said, you're on for three seconds, <laughs> right? And, and sometimes if you're on live, you know, you're really only on for a couple minutes at most. And if you're not on live, they can spend an hour with you. They slice and dice that hour up into three minutes. And then they launch the three minutes they want. And so while traditional media can give you massive reach, there's very few of us that are going to be on traditional media for more than just a few minutes. And of course, in a podcast, we can get into a deep, meaningful conversation. 
Yeah, our mutual friend Morgan Wright explained it to me. And one of the reasons that he loved podcast guesting, because he could do it from any place. And, you know, here's a guy that's on national television probably two or three times a week. But he explained, well, I've got to, they send the car for me. It's an hour in the car, an hour in the green room. And I'm probably on for three or four minutes of that, maybe they're asking questions for a minute or two. So I'm getting a, you know, a minute or two out of that. And then there's another hour home. And he says, oh, and then also, if you don't get in there and you get bumped for something. So he looked at it as podcast interviews was an easy and scalable way to really go deeper, to get uh, people to understand you and what, what really drove you, why you've got the business. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's never been easier to sell something online. You know, all you got to be is a penny cheaper and, and somebody will buy from you. But it's never been harder to grow a business. And to grow a business, people have to know, like, and trust you. And that's really hard to do off of a 30-second clip or you know, even a, a little Facebook ad. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I love about podcasting, of course, as a marketer, forget as a consumer, because I'm a podcast super consuming maniac. <laughs> but, um, but as a marketer, it, it represents a couple things that I think are unique. Number one, um, there, there are not very many people advertising or sponsoring podcasts. The, the podcast advertising a category size is roughly, if I remember, we had Dan Granger on from Oxford Road uh, on uh, Follow Your Different a while ago. And I, I think the podcast advertising space in the U.S. is about half a billion, which in the overall marketing space or advertising space is, is literally mouse nuts. Um, and so I think there's, there's, there's white space opportunity there. Um, and then whether you're sponsoring a podcast or guesting on a podcast, here's the thing I think traditional um, marketers don't get about podcasts. I believe the level of intimacy of a podcast means that um, it's much more powerful, whether you're a guest or whether you're a paid sponsor, to be associated with a certain uh, podcast. But that's my opinion. I'm curious why you think being on a podcast is effective. And to me, you know, exposure brings opportunity. And Harvard uh, University did their first uh, conference last year on podcasting. And they called this the golden age of podcasting. And you think of those people that got in on the golden age of radio, and they were able to build their brand all around that and really get people to, to know them as opposed to just, you know, just a category. The other thing is there was a study that HubSpot did a few years ago, and they found that there was a high correlation between somebody going to about the owner page and actually buying. I think today, you know, brands, we want to know the heart behind it. We want to know why they started it, who they are. And those people that can get out there early and explain that, and not in an ad, but in an actual conversation. To me, that's that's where you can really build up the lifetime value of a customer. And you know, you had talked about the money that's being spent on podcast podcast um, category right now. It's a fraction. You know, trying to break through the noise on on email or television or radio or billboards, um, it's just noise. It's early enough now that you can really stand out. You know, I think that's really why it's the, the gold rush of podcasting. The other interesting thing to me from a pure marketing point of view is um, you can reach people in this 
profoundly intimate way. I mean, you're literally in their ear. Um, and often in the business uh, world of business podcasting, um, you're reaching people that are very, very difficult to reach, right? These are people who probably don't consume a ton of television anymore. And sure, they probably read some of the major business publications. Most business people look at the Wall Street Journal on a fairly regular basis. And, but, you know, an ad in the Wall Street Journal is, is a pretty expensive thing. And uh, getting, if you hire a PR firm and say, hey, get me in the Wall Street Journal and see what they say to you, <laughs> right? And so my point is, podcasting is intimate. And it's also a way to reach people that are generally, if you're trying to reach business leaders, business owners, C-level executives, these are people who generally don't have a lot of time. And um, they're very hard to reach uh, with sort of traditional approaches to media. And it, it reminds me, uh, there was a client we were working with, and he said the reason that he loved podcast interviews is because decades ago when he was selling... He said, if he walked into somebody's office, a C-level executive, and there were books on that person's desk, he thought, this is the type of a customer that I want, right? Here's somebody that is looking for answers, wants to be an early adopter, somebody that is taking action, you know, and there's nothing wrong. You know, there's some people that listen to 80s rock. I do it every now and then, but I think the kind of person that you're talking to on a podcast interview is that early adopter? Is that person looking for answers, looking to take action? And, and you know, to, to think if, you know, we, we've talked to people before and said, would you drive across town to talk to, you know, a hundred ideal customers? Would you drive across state to, uh, to speak to a thousand? Would you jump on a plane to jump, to talk to 10,000? Well, you don't need to go anywhere. From an internet connection, you can talk to that and more through podcast interviews. And even some people, uh, you know, are introverts. They don't want to talk to a hundred or a thousand. And just to to have a conversation with the podcast host is so easy. Uh, really, anybody can do it. Yeah, for sure. The other one that blows me away. So there's the numbers, right? I uh, when we broke into the top two hundred, and you know, our numbers started to really take off. It it actually scared the shit out of me for for a few days. I was like. Uh, oh, I, maybe I should pay more attention to what I'm doing here because there's a shit ton of people. Uh, and, and it's true on a podcast, um, you and I can sit here and have a conversation as two buddies, two business associates, two business friends. Um, and we forget, right, that, that uh, over time, tens of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people are going to consume this. The other one that blows me away, I hadn't looked at this uh, for a very long time, but um, Jamie J, our producer, reminded me not long ago, um, we have been downloaded in 151 countries. Like we've been downloaded in Mongolia. Not a lot, but a couple. We have a few downloads in Mongolia. <laughs> well, we've been doing podcast interview marketing now for five years. And not only are you being downloaded in different countries, you're being downloaded in different times, right? So there is somebody right now that's listening to a podcast that you recorded three years ago and it's still fresh to them. So it's an interesting medium. And that's one of the things that I look at podcasting is more of an investment than it is a spend. You know, a marketing spend, you spend a dollar on the Facebook ad, you spend a dollar on uh, whatever the email campaign is, you know what the results are the next day. but you don't get any more results after that. 
Um, whereas a podcast, that's evergreen content that's going to be building on itself. Uh, you know, you get the SEO value from the backlinks, you get the exposure, you get the social media from other people sharing it. Uh, it's just a very powerful uh, medium. And uh, some of the clients we work with, I, I love working with um, with accountants. Uh, it was Craig Cody that reported 600% return on investment from podcast interview at 12 months. And at 24 months, he had 1200%. But also at software as a service companies, I mean, they know their cost of lead acquisition. They know their cost of customer acquisition down to the penny. And they report that podcast interview marketing is some of the best channels they have. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm biased, but I couldn't agree more. So let's break it down. Um, let's talk about how do you get on podcasts? What do you do when you're on a podcast as a guest? And then let's talk about the podcast interview marketing part, the how you really uh, market that you are on this podcast and really turn it into something of value. But maybe let's start at the very beginning. If I'm an executive, I'm a author, I'm a speaker, I'm an accountant, I'm a whatever I am, I'm trying to promote my business and myself and I want to look at podcasts as a channel. How do I even get on podcasts? Yeah. And I think you've got to put yourself in the shoes of the podcast host, right? What does a podcast host, what are the three types of people that he wants to have or she wants to have on the podcast? Their friends, their friends of friends, or people they want to be friends. So you've got to figure out a way that you can add value to that. And, you know, why would they want to have you on there? You know, um, there's a book out there, you know, jab, 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 right hook. Um, I look at that as serve, 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 ask. So, you know, make sure that you don't just send a, a, a cold pitch out there. Make sure you find the right podcast that you're people are listening to your ideal customers and then reach out to the host um, either, you know, through your own company or through an agency, which is sort of the friends of friends um, and introduce you on what you can bring to the podcast, what you can bring to the audience. Um, you know, I've always said podcasts are an awful place to sell. Nobody likes an infomercial, but they are a great place to get that know, like, and trust. It was Rand Fishkin that said, the best way to sell something today is not to sell anything, but to earn the respect, awareness, and trust of those who might buy. That's what podcasts are. That's what the legendary guest does, right? They stay focused on topics, areas of expertise, ideas, insights, learnings from their customers, you know, stories about their business, et cetera, et cetera. The worst podcast guest is, well, uh, Tom, let me tell you, you know, uh, my first book, blah, 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 blah. And when we developed our product, yuckety, yuckety. And, and it's like, dude, stop selling on the podcast, right? Just be yourself. You're here because we want to talk about your area of expertise. And actually, to your point, the worst thing you can do on a podcast is actually come across as, as being overly salesy. Yeah. And you want to help people. And I honestly believe no matter how great of a communicator you are, you can't tell everything you know in, a, in one interview. So always give them other resources. And that's a great way to really move people from being a passive listener to an active visitor to your site and ultimately an engaged lead is when you talk about things, reference it back there. Maybe it's case studies. Maybe it's other trainings that you've done there. Maybe it's ways they can get free resources. You know, that serve, 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 and they'll be asking how to do business with you. Yeah. Eddie Yoon and I call this radical generosity. 
right? Be somebody who, who gives way more than they take. And I think it, you tell me, but I think it's part of being a good uh, podcast guest is, is to uh, be there to give of your talent, of your time, of your insights, of hopefully your humor. Um, and, and sort of to your point, let people know who you are. And if people are interested in your product, your service, whatever it is, they're going to find you. There's going to be a link to you in their show notes. There, you know, people aren't stupid. They're going to Google you. Um, which sort of gets me to this, this point I want to underscore, which is, you know, my friend Isaac Morehouse, the founder of Crash, he has this whole theme where he talks about being your own credential. And as part of that, today, one of the most powerful things in, in, in business is what happens after somebody Googles your name. And if one of the first three or four things that pops up is you on a podcast, well, now to your point, they can click on that and begin to get to know you as a person. And if you think about it, it's podcast interview marketing is a little bit of influencer marketing and a little bit of inbound marketing, right? So the influencer marketing is people don't know who Tom Schwab is, but they know who Christopher Lockhead is. And so being associated with that influencer, the brand, whatever it is, gives you credibility also. You know, you vetted. If you talk on somebody's stage, physical or digital, they have vetted you. And so that gives you credibility. And you're right. Uh, you know, somebody asked me, uh, podcast now are listened to by a, by a majority of Americans. And they're like, well, when do you think it's going to get to 100%? And I thought, you know, uh, newspaper and television never got to 100%. 10% of the U.S. population is hearing impaired. They're not going to listen to your podcast. But, you know, if that podcast is transcribed, will they read it? If it's put up on a video, will they see it? You know, to me, it's, uh, it's content. Uh, I think fun, one of the funniest things on podcasting right now is the name. You know, my two youngest daughters, I asked them, what does the pod stand for in podcasting? They rolled their eyes and they're like, I don't know, dad. They have never known a world with an iPod. So for them, it's just, it's just content and how they consume it. I don't care just so that they do consume it. And so if I'm an executive, an entrepreneur, uh, somebody who wants to use podcasts as a channel for marketing in this way, and I want to get into podcast interview marketing, um, how many podcasts do you think uh, I should be doing? Or how, how should I think about it, I guess? It, it, let's say I'm planning out the next three months or the next year of my marketing plan and strategy. Uh, how should I think about uh, including podcast interview marketing in my mix? It really depends on what your goals are. So some clients work with us, we call it a lightning strike, you know, um, where they want to get on a bunch of podcasts really quickly. It could be for a new product launch, a book launch, something that is tied to time. Um, and so that they have all of the podcast interviews pre-recorded and then um, they release. Other ones will go ahead and say, they'll drip them out, do a, a few podcasts every month. So they get those leads coming in. Um, they get that constant exposure, you know, uh, all of that. So really just looking at it in, in your overall marketing plan, your, your public relations plan, a lot of people are saying we're going to carve out a portion of the PR budget and really just focus it on podcasts. Yeah. And, um, and so what, you know, I'm trying to think about what the right cadence would be if I was 
you know, CMO or CEO today, would I want to do, I don't know, I'll make this up. Would I want to be doing two podcasts a month? Well, I think it's not just one person doing it. So there's different spokespeople that you could have. I can think of one software as a service client we had that had six different spokespeople for the company. Um, and they would all focus on different areas, different, um, it could be different ages. It could be different uh, genders. Um, it could be different focuses in their business. But I think that steady stream uh, is important. The other thing too, is that you can time shift these. So we've got some customers that are in e-commerce. They don't do interviews over Q4, right? That's when they're making their money. Other ones uh, are based out of Europe. They don't do podcast interviews over August. Thing is, is nobody knows the difference. You can do them when it's convenient for you and the host, and then it goes live later. And so uh, if I was a CEO, I, what I think I hear you saying is, let, let's say we had six senior executives who were spokespeople who traditionally talked to the media or gave speeches. If, I was, if I'm a public company, you know, of course, my CFO is talking to Wall Street on a regular basis, et cetera. So let's say at a high level, you had six uh, senior executives who were the spokesmodels for the company, um, you know, the head of product, the head of marketing, maybe the head of sales. Um, and of course, if you're, if you're international, the head of Europe, the head of Middle East, the head of Asia, the country, you know, the, the GM of Canada, you want her to be public in Canada. So you would create essentially uh, a podcast interview marketing strategy that looks a lot like a speaking strategy or a PR type strategy. Is, is that how you'd want me to think about it? Or how do you want people to think about it? Exactly. You know, content is king, but context is God. So with that, each one of them bring a little bit different viewpoint to it and talk about different things. And a lot of times it's limited by the amount of time that they can invest into it. So if you think about it, every podcast interview, oh, if you carve out an hour, you know, most executives for this kind of exposure could carve out two hours a month on average uh, to do this. And think about the massive impact that could have if you had, you know, 12 opportunities to get in, in front of your ideal audiences with different people in your company. So yeah, I think you're right. It's, it's more of a long-term exposure PR and marketing strategy. And so if I take that as a guidepost, two hours a month, so let's call that, uh, uh, so let, let's call a podcast an hour for sake of simplicity, right? And so that's 24 podcasts a year. Am I hearing, am I doing this math right? If I'm a senior executive? Two, yeah, two dozen. Two dozen. And if there's six primary spokespeople in the company, uh, help me here. So what's six times <laughs> 24? It's about 150. So 150 different stages. And uh, what's amazing is that I've done over 1,200 podcast interviews and I've done them from vacation. I've done them from hotel rooms. You know, all you really need is a computer, a good internet connection, and just a, a microphone that plugs into USB. Um, you know, that's, that's all it takes. And I believe that you claim to be the most interviewed person on a podcast on planet Earth. Are, are you not? 
I reached out to Guinness Book of World's Record to try to claim that uh, that category, and they said that it didn't exist and uh, they couldn't add it because there were verifiable things. Uh, but I tried for that, and I've never heard somebody say they've done more than my, I have. Uh, so I'll I'll I'll. I'll keep the claim on that. You'll keep the claim. And how many is it now, uh, Tom? How many podcasts? Uh, you know, I'd have to go back and look. I'm well, well over 1,200. 1,200. <laughs> That's unbelievable. And, um, you know, other than not being overly promotional, what advice do you have for, for senior leaders, for people on how to be a great guest? I I think the big thing is to to be yourself. Don't just stick with the talking points um, that that uh, you would do on uh, a CNBC interview. Let them know your heart. Let them know why you started the company. Let them know what you're excited about. People want to do p- business with people they know, like, and trust. And you know, I, I've struggled through this after listening to that interview uh, that you did with Mike. And you know. And I really say, do we need more customers or do we need better customers? And at the end of the day, after somebody listens to me on a podcast interview, there are some people that say, no, don't want to work with them. And that's fine because they'd never be great customers. There are other ones that would say, yeah, that's interesting, but that's not what I need right now. It's that third group of customers that you want. The people that say, man, this resonates with me. I like this. Um, They've already listened to you for 30 or 45 minutes. They have self-selected. And those are the people that come with credit card in hand, ready to engage. You know, I was speaking at an event uh, about a year ago and somebody up there said, you know, you need 50 new leads a day. And she was talking to small business. And I'm like, I couldn't handle 50 new customers. And she said, no, not new leads or not customers, new leads. And to me, it's like, we need more customers. We need great customers, not just leads. And I think uh, what we've heard from our clients is that the traffic from podcast interviews closes so much quicker because they've already listened to 30 or 45 minutes. They've already self-selected. So, you know, I tell people, don't try to be all things to all people. Be honest with who you are, where you're going, and you will attract the right customers, your ideal customers, those that are profitable with long lifetime value. And the other ones, you'll repel them. And that's fine. Yeah. You know, I think it's, it's more important to know who you're not for than who you're for. And actually, this gets me to something that's sort of interesting, you know, uh, early on in my podcasting life, uh, you guys were getting me on all kinds of podcasts, and I was going on all kinds of podcasts. And over time, I began to realize that um, there are certain podcasts that even if they're super popular, they're not a good fit for me. Right? Uh, And so, because their audience is probably not going to like me. You know, if they're like a, a no swearing podcast and, you know, if they're if, if the host is sort of very buttoned down and, you know, very like a traditional and I don't mean this, I'm not going to name any names, but there's a lot of nose picky marketing podcasts. Right. Uh, and they're sort of very traditional and they're sort of they just deal with basic topics and so forth and so on. A guy like me is a bad guest for that kind of podcast. So I guess the other question I'd have is how do you figure out? not just sort of from a niche perspective, 
who are the right podcasts, but also from a style perspective, uh, what kind of podcast hosts that you're going to really fit with so that when you go on the podcast, not only is it in your niche or near your niche, so their audience is a good, good audience for you to be in front of, but you go that extra step to figure out, you know, is there a likelihood that you're going to really um, get into a good flow with this podcast host? Yeah. And that's, that's what it is. You know, it's not always follow your different It's find your different and, and go there too. And our algorithm, we always look at four different things, right? We look at the podcast itself. Um, we look at the website because they're given, you know, backlinks. We're looking at the social media and the email, how much are they promoting it? But then the fourth thing that you talked about there is the match right? Is there a cultural fit between these? And I think of uh, a client that came to us and he had mentioned a, a rather big podcast and said, I would love to be on this podcast. And he wanted to talk to C-level executives. And I'm like, that is a great podcast. But do you really think that C-level executives are going to listen to a podcast that starts out with yo, yo, yo? I said, it's a great podcast, but not a great podcast for you. Yeah, I think that part's that part's really important. And, you know, I get invited to go on podcasts a lot. And sometimes, you know, podcasts, I know sometimes I don't. But to your point, you look at the website of that podcast, like a, t a tell for me, you know, there's a lot of these, these business guru dudes who like the homepage on their website is them standing in front of a private plane next to a Lamborghini or, you know, and there's a lot of these sort of juice heads who, you know, have biceps the size of buildings and shit. And they're trying to be all macho and cool and like, look at me. And I just look at that website and go, um, I don't want to go on that podcast. I don't care how many people listen to it. Uh, I, I'm not a fit for that kind of a character. <laughs> if you were, if you were selling picks and shovels and aspirations and dreams, yeah, that would be perfect for you there. But you know, um, I believe that the best podcasts are authentic conversations. You know, podcasts are like sitting down in a Denny's, right? Um, two people having a conversation, you're listening in from the next booth. It'd be rude to turn around and stare at them. It'd be rude to get in on it. And sometimes that's, you know, 8 a.m. in the morning. Sometimes it's 2 a.m. when the bars close. But it's that authentic conversation. And that's one of the things that we have seen. Uh, we track everything. I'm, I'm a geek. I'm an engineer. Um, and one of the things that we've seen is authentic conversations always convert the best, right? Mm -hmm. Those podcasts that start with, you know, they ask the same five questions, you know, what's your favorite success quote? What books on your nightstand? That doesn't give anybody a chance to, to really know, like, and trust you. Um, it, it's hard to stand out with that. So I always say, you know, go for one that, that you would like to listen to, that you would like to be a part of, um, because if you're not into it, uh, chances are you're not going to be interested in being interesting. You're not going to get any argument from me. I mean, I, I'm at a point in my listening life, Tom, where it's very hard for me to consume a traditional, highly edited, uh, traditional interview type show. Like you can, I, I now hear the edits, right? And it, it's, it pisses me off because I, I like to hear real conversations. And I also think as a guest, there's no other medium other than sitting down with somebody in person where you can really engage in things. You can pop the hood on something, go deep. It's interesting, you know, in the political season we're in, in the United States, I, I really believe 
that um, that all the Democratic candidates, uh, ultimately, when we have two candidates for president, I, I really believe these candidates need to be on podcasts. Because if you care about a topic or you care about a candidate, you know, these debates and things we have on TV are ridiculous. But when you can sit down and listen to an hour and a half of a thoughtful, curious uh, host having a real conversation with a CEO, an entrepreneur, a thought leader, an author, or in this case, a politician, that's how you can get into, to your point, um, what really matters about this person, learn things about them, learn from their experiences, et cetera. Yeah, even on television, I, I, I can't stand the talking heads anymore where one person is yelling over the other one and it's all just sound bites and I can't tell who's saying what. And so I stop listening to both people, but podcasting gives you the chance to, to get a deep conversation there. Like you said, unedited. And the other great thing about it is the things they typically talk about are more big picture, high level, strategic, time, timeless. You know, um, I don't know if a CFO could go on there and explain all the financials. You know, it's hard enough to do it on, a, on an earnings call when everybody's got the report in front of them. Now, they're talking about big picture things of, of what your vision is, what your dream is, what really drives you. And I think that's what people resonate with. Um, it's, it's the heart. And that's what stands out. Um, that, that's what, what gets me to, to follow a cause, follow a company, follow a candidate much more than, uh, you know, a 10-second clip that I see someplace. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. You know, everybody says, oh, uh, attention spans are short and clickbait and sound bites and Kardashians, oh my. And it's interesting to see for every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction. There are lots of people who crave in-depth conversations, who crave uh, authenticity and who want to, in, if, if, if you care about something, engaging in it and unpacking it over to look at the success of, you know, uh, a lot of these uh, crime podcasts or, or um, podcasts on a particular topic. Like I've been listening to, there's a couple of Jeffrey Epstein podcasts. Well, if you're interested in a story like that, a six or 12 episode podcast that's averages 40 minutes each, you know, they can really get into a story like that as opposed to uh, on the nightly news or even in the paper or those kinds of things, you're going to get a very high level surface level. But if for whatever reason you're interested in the Jeffrey Epstein story, to me, a podcast is the only way to get deep on, on things other than uh, reading a book. And of course, other than sitting down with somebody in person. And the thing is, too, is, is that everyone that listens to a podcast has opted in. It, it's 100% opt-in because it's so easy just to, to look at the title, listen to a little bit, and then go on to the next one. If they're there listening to it, if they're listening to the entire episode, man, there's you, you've got somebody that is actually interested in there. It's not like the, the news where it's like, well, I'll put up with this story because it's only going to last um, 20 seconds before the next commercial. No, this is something where they care deeply about it. Um, and I would argue that the kinds of fans you want, the kinds of customers you want are not the ones that are making decisions on where everybody else is going, right? Um, because if they're making decisions that fast, 
they'll make the decision to go to the other person. You know, you want the ones that are thoughtful, that know the reason why they work with you, why they choose you. To me, those are, those are the super fans, the super consumers that will hear your story and then start telling it. Uh, you can always, you can always tell podcast geeks, because as we start talking, it's like, yeah, I heard on a podcast and uh, Christopher, I remember you and I were talking one time and about this idea of abundance and Mike Maples was talking about this. And I shared this entire groundbreaking thought that I had heard. And you're like, yeah, that was on my podcast. <laughs> yeah. I love it when people play back what they learned on the podcast. And in this case, they forgot that it was even my podcast. <laughs> I do the same thing. You know, you hear the all sorts of stuff and you're like, God, I wish I could remember where I heard that. It was so great. Uh, now, anything else you want to touch on about sort of the power of podcast interview marketing, Tom? Uh, to me, it's, I think what's ordinary to us is amazing to other people. And, and we think about what we know. Well, we think everybody knows it. But no, those stories about your company and what you're excited about, uh, the different things you're doing. Your customers want to hear that. Your future customers want to hear that. You know, Eddie Yoon talks about the super consumers. They love that. Um, and so you've got to be able to give that to them. And, you know, in, in days past, it used to be tough. And now it's gotten to be so easy. And I would just encourage everybody, if you're listening to the podcast, you understand the power of podcasting. It's never been easier. For God's sake, be a podcast guest, be a podcast host, do both, but share with what you know with the world to make it a better place. Well, and I can tell you as somebody who's both, it's way easier being the guest than the host. And um, uh, I think it's a very, it's a very powerful strategy. You know, if, you, if you're not going to commit to doing a podcast as a company, as a leader, as a CEO, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, whoever you are, then um, the easiest path is actually to uh, to try to chase Tom Schwab's 1200 record and start guesting on podcasts. And, you know, my hope is that more people, the light bulb will go off for more people. I think it is a massively under uh, exploited opportunity. And, you know, the interesting thing, I, I just get your reaction before we wrap. When, when I first started in podcasting, one of my fears, Tom, was that the um, sort of the, the podcast, I'd missed the boat that I was too late. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. Of course I've learned not only was I too late, my timing, it turns out was bang on. And so, uh, it really feels like this is the time to get into it. Even though there's that many podcasts out there, the truth is there aren't that many legendary podcasts, particularly in the business space. And, uh, I don't think it's too late at all. As a matter of fact, I think it's probably the right time um, to really get into podcast guesting. And I think it's one of the most underexploited um, uh, channels in business marketing. Well, I agree with you. And um, I've done over 1200 podcast interviews and been dragging my feet. And I can honestly say that I will have my own podcast. Uh, the launches um, September 30th for International Podcasting Day. Just uh, it's called Podcast Guest Profits, How to Grow Your Business with the Targeted Interview Strategy. Same thing as the book. And really, it's all these great conversations that I have. And I'm like, why don't we record these and share these with the world on a, on a podcast? So uh, the same advice that I gave everybody else, it's never been easier to do it as a guest, as a host. Well, now I'm taking my own advice. 
Well, congratulations, Tom. I'm stoked that uh, the guy who's guested on more podcasts than anybody on planet Earth is finally going to have his own podcast. (laughs) And uh, maybe I'll uh, talk to my podcast interview marketing company who represents me and uh, see if... uh, See if they can pitch me in getting on your podcast. <laughs> well, since you, Christopher, are the person that came up with the uh, the term podcast interview marketing, we will have to tell that story on there because it's a legendary story. And uh, you've been a, a great mentor, a great friend, uh, and a great um, voice for podcasting uh, to really take it up to the next level. I appreciate you and everything you do. Well, thank you, Tom. You've been an amazing partner to me and an incredible coach. Um, And it's been one mind blowing journey. You know, if you had told me when you and I met and I was just starting in podcasting that we'd have two top 200 charting podcasts, I I would have told you that was impossible. And so I just want to thank you. I've learned a ton from you. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate you both professionally. And uh, of course, personally, I really it's fun that we've gotten to know each other and hang out and, you know, spend some time doing things other than talk about podcasting as much as we both love it. (laughs) Now, the richness of your life is the richness of the relationships and podcasting is such a great way to build relationships with, with partners, with new customers, um, really uh, to get it, to get out there. And, uh, you know, part of the richness of the life is, is the bank account, but also just um, the network. Um, you know, that idea of six degrees of separation, um, that's like Y2K. If you're on a podcast, if you've got a podcast, I think that number probably goes down to one or two. Tom Schwab, thank you so much. I really appreciate you guesting on this podcast and uh, I look forward to chatting with you soon. Stay legendary, my friend. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with the uh, legendary Tom Schwab of Interview Valet as much as I did. I want to encourage you to go to lockhead.com. And while you're there, subscribe to our newsletter, The Difference. And um, uh, I guess that's it. (laughs) Hope you enjoyed this episode with Tom Schwab. We would like to thank Tom. Thanks for joining us, Tom. And you can find him on the internet at interviewvalet.com. That's interviewvalet.com. OneLifeFullyLived.org. This is the nonprofit helping you dream, plan, and live your best life. Check them out. My friends at bottleneck.online want to help you scale yourself. Uh, they're experts. They are the leaders in um, virtual assistants. So check them out, bottleneck.online. Growwire.com. It's what legendary entrepreneurial people are reading. If they want to grow themselves and their businesses, check out growwire.com. And if you're in Australia and you want to do legendary marketing, check out my friends at rapidmedia.com.au for legendary marketing, media, and communications in beautiful Australia. That's rapidmedia.com.au. And the thought I'll leave you with comes from Mark Twain, who said, let's make a special effort to stop communicating with each other so we can have some conversation. Thank you so much for investing part of your life with me. Uh, Stay legendary. And until we're together again, follow your different. 